Amen. Amen. I encourage you to take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, we're going to be looking at a few verses here, verses 10 through 14, and then we'll be in Luke's gospel in chapter 23 today. But today's title of this message is From the Curse to the Cross and what that means for each and every one of us in this room today. You know, um, if you go back to the Old Testament and you see some things that are laid out there, it basically uh, gives us a picture of what it meant to have the law of God and what it meant to have the grace of God extended in the New Covenant, in the New Testament. And you know, when we partook of the Lord's Supper a while ago, that was a new covenant that was given on Christ's behalf for us. And so we're no longer under the old covenant, but there's things we can learn from the law that can apply us because the laws of God were actually used as a tutor to lead us to Christ is what it is. And so we're going to examine some things, what it means about the law and the curse and all of that. So read with me a few verses here in Galatians chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 10. It says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Wow. Cursed is who? Everyone who does not abide by all of the things written in the book of the law to perform them. Then he goes on to say in verse 11, now that no one is justified by the law of God, uh, by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith, on the contrary. He who practices them shall live by them. So what I'm going to bring out, the first point is, is the fact that every one of us have been born into a system that is known as cursed. Because every one of us in this room have not been able to keep the whole law, have we? In fact, when, there, when the first commandments were given, it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, chapter 3. And God was dealing with just two people, Adam and Eve, and he gave them one command. He said, you can eat of any tree of the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For the day that you eat of that tree, you will surely die. So they only had one command to keep. And that was that one. Okay, and you know, we all might go, well, that should be pretty easy to keep, just one. And then later on, we know with Moses, the Big Ten came. But you know the Jewish customs of keeping the law? There were over 600 laws that had to be kept. In fact, James points out in chapter 2 of his book, James chapter 2 verse 10, he says that if you don't keep all of the law and keep every one of them, you're guilty of all. If you commit a sin in one of them, you're guilty of all. And that's what James said. And so all of us in this room have been basically born into what is spiritually known as being under a curse. Now, nobody wants to hear that, do they? Oh, you're under a curse. Oh, that don't sound too good. 
If you go out in the world saying, do you know you're cursed? You're under a curse? People don't want to hear that. But cursed is everyone who does not keep the law. And keeping all those rules and regulations. And aren't you glad that being in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't have to keep all the laws anymore. Amen? Or anybody? That was a moment right there, y'all. You missed your moment. Aren't you glad that you don't have to keep all of the laws in order to be in relationship with Jesus? Amen? Amen. Why? Because the law demands perfection. The law demands perfection. In fact, Jesus, when he approached that rich young ruler, and he said, what must, the rich young ruler said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus pointed out several of the commandments to keep. <laughs> and the man said, I've kept all of them from my youth up. <laughs> he didn't want to even admit that he had blown any of them. And then Jesus got to the heart of the issue. He said, okay, well then go take everything you have, sell it, give it to the poor, and come follow me. He missed out on the greatest deal of his life because he, he, he wanted the temporary things of this world compared to the eternal things of God. He lost it that day. But you know what? He didn't realize, too, that he was a sinner. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says that we have all sinned. There is not one righteous, no, not one. Now, how many in this room did somebody have to teach you how to sin? Did somebody have to teach you how to sin? No. Why? Because as David said, he, we were born into sin. I saw a mama getting on to one of the little boys in the hallway today. And I said, boy, quit acting like your daddy. And she said, thank you. <laughs> but you know what the truth is? We all have been acting like our daddy. And our daddy was Adam. And we're all descendants from Adam. And Adam willfully took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And because of him, we are born under the curse. Now, that's not the good news, is it? We're, you're cursed. You're born under a curse. And it says, cursed in this verse is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law. So we see all the way back in Genesis 3, there was a tree that was involved in the curse. And that was, if you eat of this, you're going to be under a curse, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And now we come to the New Testament, and we see another tree. We see another tree. And it's actually the tree that is the answer to the curse. It's God's answer to the curse, y'all. In this tree that is, we're going to be looking and talking about in a moment. Because look back with me at this text. Because verse 13 is so rich. You need to almost underline every word in this verse. Pick up with me. It says, Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Did you get it there? Jesus, yes, was put on a tree. He was hanged on a tree. And why was he there? Have you ever thought about why did God put three crosses that day on Golgotha? 
Why were there three? Jesus could have been up there by himself. But if you remember, and Jesus could have been on one side or the other, but he was placed in the middle. He was hung between two thieves. And the word of God says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So in other words, Jesus was cursed that day for, for the Romans who hung him on a tree. And why did he do it? He did it in order to redeem us from the curse of the law. That's why he did it. Now that's exciting news, church. That's what fires me up. Jesus became the curse so that I now am not under a curse. Whoo! That's a moment, y'all. That's a moment where you go, thank you, God. I am no longer under the curse. But you know, there's a whole world out there that's still under the curse and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. But Jesus, because he did this very thing, that word redeemed, y'all, means this. It means to buy, to purchase, to recover, to make payment for, to buy for oneself. In other words, Jesus purchased you and me. He redeemed us. He paid for us. He bought us is what he did. And why did he do that? Because he knew we were under the curse of the law and we had to be bought and paid for. Perfection is what the law requires. And listen, I'm going to say, by the way, if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not that. We're not. If you're looking for the perfect pastor, I'm not that. I can tell you that. <laughs> you just ask my wife. She'll tell you real quick, oh no. But if you're looking for those things, there is no perfect thing. But I always say it this way. I'm not perfect. I'm forgiven. Amen. I'm not perfect. I've just been forgiven. And that's the most important thing. Because I, you, you, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are under a curse. I don't want to hear that. I know you don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. You're under a curse until you acknowledge the one who became a curse so that you could be redeemed and purchased. That is the message coming into Easter. That's why Jesus was on the cross. You know, I had the privilege, uh, Friday morning I was getting ready to Go out and cut some more grass. I cut a lot of grass this week. I was on vacation the week before, so there was a lot of grass to be caught up and cut. Okay? I was getting ready to go cut some more, and I heard a little knock, knock, knock at the door. And I looked, and I thought, who is that? I thought it's my neighbor. My neighbor's coming over, and he's saying, we're going to get ready to plow the ground. We're going to get the garden ready. I thought that's who it was. And I looked up, and there was two ladies. And guess who they were? Guess who they were? They were the witnesses. And guess what I got to do? I got to witness. I was like, hallelujah, Lord, you're bringing them to me. I was about to get on the tractor cut, but some of y'all might be going, oh, just don't go to the door. Don't, don't talk to them. No, you know. But listen, they began to tell me what the Bible says, and I said, listen, let me tell you what the Bible says. <laughs> so we had a great dialogue. And you know, the one person, that one lady, she gave me a compliment. After I told her I was a pastor and, and I was a pastor of Gratis Church, I said, welcome to Gratis. And she, I asked them where their church was. One was in Winder, one was in Covington. 
And so I shared the gospel with them. And the one lady, after I told her pastor, she said this. She said, well, let me tell you this. Most pastors are just ugly to us and just are mean and they shout at us and all kinds of things. And uh, she said, you have been the kindest pastor that we've ever talked to. And I said, you know, that's not I. It's Jesus because he loves you. It's him. It's not. In fact, the word says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And I said, I can't argue you into heaven and you can't convince me that what I believe is not true. I said, but I want you to know God loves you. See, Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe that Jesus hung on a cross. They believe he hung on a stake. They don't believe he was pierced and wounded and nailed to a tree. They don't believe in hell. They believe the kingdom's going to happen here. So I got to share with them, why was Jesus on that cross? It's because he loves you. And he came to die for you. And see, I was already prepping this message. I knew. But I didn't say, you're cursed. I didn't tell them that. I just showed kindness and love to them at that moment. And then they got in the car and went on away. And I'm sure they wrote down, do not go back to that house again. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Because I hope they do. Because, man, I'll have another message ready. You know, and I, I, but you know what you have to do is you have to pray for them. Because the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And you have to pray for them that they come to the knowledge of the truth. Because you know what the cross is? The cross is a message that is foolishness to the world. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. That's what the Word of God says. The message of the cross is foolishness to the world, but it's the power of God for us. So, Jesus is hanging on a cross. Why? Because he knew we were cursed. He knew we were under the curse, so the only one that had, was perfect that could do something about it as John described him, the Lamb of God who's come to take away the sin of the world, he's the only one who could sacrifice himself. Nobody else. So I've heard some people say, say before, that should have been me dying on the cross. It couldn't have been you because you're not perfect. There's only one perfect Lamb, and that's Jesus Christ. And he shed his blood, and that blood is applied to every individual who will respond and receive him. And how do I know that? Turn with me to Luke's Gospel. Luke's Gospel, chapter 23. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 23, picking up in verse 39, Jesus is on the cross in this, in this text, and one of the criminals that's next to him that was hanged there was hurling abuse at him and was saying, Are you not the Christ, the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear God, since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man, he's done nothing wrong. And he was saying, these are, these are two very intimate and precious verses in the Bible. 
He, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Woo! Woo! You talking about how would you like to have been that person that's on the cross being crucified and you hear the Messiah say, today you're going to be with me in paradise now, I'm going to tell you something y'all there's no sweeter words than to hear from the one who's gone to prepare a place for those in paradise than to hear it straight from his own mouth and you know what I've always said when it gets to the three trees you had the tree in the garden that started it with the tree of knowledge of good and evil now you have the tree that's outside Jerusalem that's the answer to the curse, the answer to sin. And there's Jesus in the middle. Have you often thought, why was there three? I believe it's to show us. This one over here rejected. He cursed and said, hey, if you're the Messiah, you save us. You save the others, save us too. But this one over here did not reject. He responded. And he said, Lord, if you just remember me, when you come in your kingdom. So one rejected and one received. So let me ask you. They were all both under the curse, weren't they? They were both guilty. They were both condemned. And they were both justly receiving what they had done. But one went in eternity away from God. And one went into paradise. And what was the difference? How they responded to the one who was cursed and hanging on a tree for their behalf. It's the same for you and me, y'all. God could have easily just put Jesus on the cross by himself outside of Jerusalem that day. But he chose to show us a picture. There will be some who reject and there will be some who will receive. And the question is, which one are you? Which one am I? I have received. Did I deserve it? No. Was I guilty? Yes. But did I receive it? Absolutely. And what have I been promised? I have been promised that I have been redeemed. I have been purchased. I have been bought. I have been paid for. And that's settled forever. I am no longer under the curse of the law of sin. You see, the law in and of itself is not bad. It's our disobedience to the law that's the problem. I said it this way. It's on the thing. The law reveals sin, but it could never remove sin. It reveals it, but it never could remove it. So Jesus, him who knew no sin, became sin on our behalf so that we who are sinners could become the righteousness of God. Whoo, y'all, that is a total shift of who you are. So I ask you today, are you still under the law, under the curse? Or are you under God, under the grace of God, the blessing? Because the, there it is. There's a curse and there's a blessing. So which one are you under? Amen. You with me? You with me? Are you with me? Are you? Are you listening?
Have you settled that? Have you taken care of that? Because that's the matter of life and death. If Jesus, if I'm okay and you're okay, what was Jesus doing on the cross? He was taking care of the curse, is what he was doing. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Thank you, Jesus, that you did that for me. Now, I'm going to tell you about another th cool thing, and this this make me shout. Going over to Revelation chapter 22, i got to close with this one. It's Revelation chapter 22, very last book of the Bible, chapter of the Bible. And it's talking about the final tree. See, there's three trees that were there. There were three crosses that day, but there's three trees throughout the Bible. There's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. There's the tree at Calvary. And there's the tree of life. And what I want you to see is in this final tree in Revelation chapter 22. This is describing heaven, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but I'm liking it more and more. Amen. Here it goes. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was what? The tree. There's a tree again. The tree of life. Notice what this tree does. It bears 12 kinds of fruit. Now that's, a, that's pretty good. <laughs> 12 kinds of fruit. And what is that doing? It's yielding its fruit every month. Man, don't you love God? God's not, God loves diversity. He's not going to have a tree giving you the same thing. It's going to have a different fruit for every month. And what was it for? It says, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. But here's what's so cool about that. Read the next first part of verse 3. There will no longer be any curse. Hallelujah. There's no longer going to be under the law, under the curse of the law, under, the, under that condemnation. Because everyone there will be clean, covered, and forgiven in partaking of the tree of life. Do you know, if you look back in the Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve had sinned, what did God do as an act of mercy to them? He cast them out from the garden so that they would not eat from the tree of life under the condition they were in, under the curse. Because if they had eaten of the tree of life at that time, they would re have remained in sin forever. So what God did, you may not have ever heard or understood this before, but what God did was an act of mercy by sending them out. And then he put his cherubim and sephirim, the cherubim of mighty angel there to guard the way to the tree of life so that nobody could partake of it at that point. But God took care of that issue at the cross when he became the curse. For you and me. Now I know you got some relatives and you go, yeah man, I know they are cursed. I've seen the way they live and, <laughs> and they're cursing all the time. I know they curse. Well listen, every one of us have, were under that curse. But aren't you glad today for the grace of God? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you who knew no sin became sin.